What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show on Sherdog.com. Today, I'm joined by Spencer Kite to preview this weekend's UFC. Before I do that, I must tell you that BetUS.com is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. Use the code Sherdog and get $2,500 in extra money to make Fight Night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but they have loads of awesome parlay bets to choose from to bet live during the fights and your winnings are paid within hours start the fight at betus.com and use that code sherdog s-h-e-r-d-o-g if you don't know how to spell it now at this stage when you're on the website and under the youtube and everything i I don't know what to tell you but anyway spencer how are you i'm I'm very uh very happy you're joining me today very early over in canada so i uh i appreciate it and uh we'll talk about this this pretty good card to be honest before we get into it i just want to ask you as someone who who covers all of these cards and covers them in far more depth even than I do and than most people do. We've kind of reached that stage in the year again, haven't we, where we're in April now, it's no longer the new year, it's not quite the summer yet, and it feels like, you know, we always have that stretch in the year where it's like 11 UFCs in a row. Now, I actually don't think this is it, I think there is a bit of a break somewhere, but there are so many cards, it seems like, where there isn't much jeopardy on the cards, and this one is is a little bit different, but we'll get to that in a second. How, like... Is this helping the UFC or is this hindering the UFC to have this many cards with the quality maybe not where we would expect it to be for a UFC card? So I think this is a question that has two answers and it depends where in the bubble you sit or or probably has three answers actually in, in in that regard. If you are in that tiny little maybe five, 10% of hardcores, you don't care. Fights every week, like fights every Saturday for me, Sign me up. Let's go. I will I will watch from start to finish. As you said, I preview them from start to finish. And so I find reasons to be interested because I'm I want to see things for two, three years down the road. I understand 100 percent that I am an anomaly in that way. I am an outlier. I don't expect everybody to be that way. I think for the fight fan in general. It's, it's fine. You can jump in whenever you want to jump in. If there's a few names that you're interested in, great. If somebody that you follow, a media personality that you follow is talking up one of these matchups, then it's a great opportunity to kind of circle that date, go in, find that fight, see if there's something else. If you don't have anything going on, terrific. You have the opportunity to watch fights because there are a lot of people that just want to watch fights. It's not necessarily about, I want to see the best fight the best or know where everybody's at in the division. And then there's that group in between that wants everything to be meaningful and wants everything to be stacked and wants everything to be perfect and there to be fewer cards and they're just never going to be satisfied. There's there's never that. It's the Goldilocks thing, right? Never going to be just right. And so no matter what, there's something to moan about. And so I, I, I get it on one hand because, look, we... We don't want to just see fight cards that are loaded top to bottom with newcomers and inexperienced fighters and maybe contender series graduates. But at the same time, those men and women need opportunities and you don't have to like, I know people get mad when Dana says, if you don't like it, don't watch, but like you, you really don't have to watch it. No one is forcing you to pay attention to all of this stuff. And for the set that wants to, but seems to hate watch or seems to not like it, find something else. 
just just find something else. Take a break. Watch it back later. Like they're all on ESPN Plus, and so you can just stream them. You can go and cherry pick fights. You can buzz through them on DV, you know, on your PVR in the morning and skip the commercials and things like that. Like it doesn't have to be as all or not, and the world is is coming to an end, as people kind of make it out to be, in my opinion. MMA fandom used to be that, though, wasn't it? It's like, if you didn't catch everything, you were a noob, you were a casual or whatever, and it feels like that's almost impossible now, especially like, maybe, okay, maybe you can catch every UFC fight, but to catch every UFC, every PFL, every Bellator, and then if you're maybe in this side of the world, cagers, maybe in, you know, uh, what is it, TKO in Canada, or CFF see maybe you're one of those in america it's it's impossible to to know and like i i may we're maybe lucky in ireland and in the uk areas where we have cage wars where a lot of the best prospects come are the best prospects from around here are signed to bellator as well so it's kind of it's kind of easy to keep track of them and uh we do all triangle over and over in severe man now as well doing a great job but I, I would fear for someone like in america or someone in, in canada maybe, maybe not canada so much but definitely in america that like we used to hear before about prospects coming true, and Charty uh, Torres was the the example I, I I used recently. It's like, oh, everyone heard about him. He's going to be really good, and you know he probably should still be in the UFC if we're if we're being honest. But anyway, it feels like it's harder to do that, especially in America. And I don't know if that's a good thing for MMA in general or for for even the UFC in general. It also feels like some of those prospects are now getting signed to the UFC to the Contender Series. And, you know, I've covered a lot of the, the Bellator and PFL recently, and I see, oh, this guy fought in the Contender Series, you know, or this guy had, you know, one, uh, fought twice in the Contender Series, and now he's in PFL, or now he's in Bellator, or something like that, and uh, um, it, it feels like the Contender Series is almost becoming a feeder league for everywhere else, there seems like there's so many fights, but maybe that's maybe that's a good sign with the the uh, quality of fighters they're picking there for the Contender Series, but I don't know, I, I just feel like overall, look, you made a point there, and you're right, We don't ha- you don't have to watch all these fights, sometimes... <laughs> It's people like me giving out about it. Like it's people that have to watch them for for our job and stuff. And I know you like that. I look. I I complain as well. It's I'm only after waking up here, even though it's like early Canadian <laughs> time as well. And I might be a bit cranky, but yeah, I um, it it just does feel like. And I always look at it from the point of view, and I always try to do it when I'm talking about things and covering it from the point of view of a hardcore fan as well. Like, it must be so hard. It must just be so hard to keep on top of everything. Like, I'm, I'm sure you remember, I remember back in the day, knowing every fighter, I'd nearly tell you their last three or four fights. I'd tell you their record, and I knew uh, I knew it all. And it wasn't like there was, you know, four cards a year. I'm not talking, you know, 1996 or whatever it might be. I'm talking 10 years ago or whatever it was. And it just feel like that's an unachievable goal these days. And something that... uh. You know that in in the UFC is 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 not possible. But look, we'll, we'll get into this card anyway. I know that <laughs> this was supposed to be a card preview, and we will we will preview maybe three or four of the fights here. I know the other lads will be doing a, a full card preview. But I like this uh, sort of of conversation too. Before we we move into the card, for the for the people on the undercard here and people on undercards of these fight night cards, the fact that we're kind of we're not telling people not to tune in, but people are probably telling themselves, look, I won't tune in for the undercard. I'll catch the main card or if there's a knockout I'll rewind back and I'll catch I'll catch that the next day. Like 
we always think of, oh, if you sign for the UFC, you're getting more exposure, more people are seeing you. Do you think that's still true to these days, especially for, you know, the likes of, I'm looking at the undercard here, someone like a uh, Nathan Levy or, you know, even like up to Gina Mazzani or something like that. Are they still getting the same amount of maybe recognition? Because I, uh, like I remember, and I'm sure you have stories as well about people having one or two fights in the UFC, then open in a gym and, you know, UFC fight or gym or something like that. Is that the same these days? So I think it again comes down to kind of what group we're talking about, right? Because overall, we see the numbers every week after these events where somebody tweets out and puts out the report that ESPN plus Vegas 52 draws whatever numbers. And they're good. They're reasonable numbers, right? 800,000, 700,000, whatever it is. So you're in front of those eyes. You said we're not out here telling people not to watch. The thing that's challenging to me is that there are people out there telling people not to watch. And as somebody that thinks about this stuff kind of more long-term and looks at these preliminary card fights as the start of, you know, a three, four, five year journey, perhaps for some of these athletes, I think we should be watching them. If you're, if you're, as you said, as somebody that works in this industry and kind of has to watch the fights, there's value here. There's, stuff there's lessons to learn here and so i do think that in a broader sense there is that greater exposure and there is that you know a few more people get introduced to these athletes but then when you kind of winnow it down to the hardcore set or or fandom in general i think there's actually a lot of people that aren't paying attention and we're seeing that right we hear that in conversations we have with fans with other media members that they don't know as many people. And and look, it is, we've said it, it is difficult. It is hard to stay on top of it just from a UFC standpoint, not to mention everything else. I made the choice a bunch of years ago that I'm not trying to know everything about everything. I want to know everything I can about the UFC and what I can retain from everywhere else and what I can glean from everyone else about everywhere else is about as much as I can do. And I think we we have this mindset of, well, I have to know everything. And if I can't know everything, somebody else is screwing this up and it shouldn't be that way. And it just, to me, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can, you can narrow things down. You don't have to watch every single fight from every single organization. More power to you if you can, more power to you if you are invested to that level. I can't do it at 43 and married and with assignments that need to be in and trying to sell my house and go and look at open houses. Like it's just not possible for my life. And I think we don't let people say that enough, right? We don't let people say, look, I've, I've aged out of it. I used to be a huge baseball fan. I used to watch every blue Jays game. It just got stale to me. I just aged out of being a baseball fan. And it seems to me like there are a lot of people that expect that once you're an MMA fan, you're supposed to be an MMA fan for life and everybody's supposed to cater to the way that you want to be a fan. And we don't just say, look, I've, I've gotten older. Life has changed. I'm not as, as big of a fan. I don't have as much time for it because I have kids or family or other obligations. And that has to be acceptable. 
I, I was recently told that no one knows more about Bellator than me, which I'm, I'm not sure is true, but that should be, I think that's going to be when I die, that'll be the tagline of my... Uh, my, my add that to the Twitter bio. Add that to the Twitter bio, yeah. Uh, right, let's get into the card. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHERDOG and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. Uh, Font is a favourite at the moment, so get in now or even choose to bet to win via KO to increase Increase your winnings. At BetUS.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start the fight at BetUS.com and use that code SHERDOG. Right, we're uh, we're 12 minutes into this and we haven't talked about one fight yet, so <laughs> we, better, uh, we better start. You you know, you talked about the undercards there. Let me throw it straight at you. What from the undercard here stands out to you? Because I look at it and uh, I see Gina Mazzani's name there and she straight away sticks out to me. I see Francisco Figueredo who was supposed to fight Mohamed Makaev, if I'm not mistaken. Those are the two that kind of stand out to me. And other than that, there isn't a whole pile that stands out to me. What am I missing here, Spencer? Tell us. So Figueredo, I think, was supposed to fight Jake Hadley at one point, right? That, that was the, that one, was yes, the interesting sorry. piece. I, that was going to be the, the interesting Englishman. piece. <laughs> so that's interesting to me. As a Canadian, Johan Lyonnais debut coming off a great win on the Contender Series, knocked out Justin Berlinson. That's one I want to see. I think that fight with Gabe Green is just a perfect introductory fight, right? Gabe Green, one-on-one in the UFC, short-notice debut against Daniel Rodriguez. Fights him hard, fights him Full 15 minutes, comes out, gets a win over Phil Rowe in his next fight. So that's a good test for the former CFFC champ and Dana White Contender Series grad. You mentioned Mazzani and and Shanna Young. Interesting fight between two veterans that have been around for a while that kind of really both need a win in order to kind of cement their their opportunity going forward. The opener to me is interesting, right? Tatsuya Tiro, Shudo champ, undefeated, 22 years old, eight finishes and 10 wins. Just one of those guys that looking long-term in that division, looking two or three years down the road, you kind of have to think, depending on how this goes, right? Development's not linear. Results are going to be whatever they are. But is somebody worth watching going forward in this division? He's had success over in Japan, beating some veterans, beating some guys where he is clearly the better fighter. Now he gets Carlos Candelario, who's got two wins on the Contender Series. Or, sorry, a a win and a loss, but still got a contract coming off the loss. The only guy in five years to get a contract coming off a loss. It's the opener. It's an interesting fight to me just to get that first look at the 22-year-old in his UFC debut. I think, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting opener. So that was kind of one I was going to bring up. Um, The Johan Lanis one as well. You know, we were talking there a second ago about, you know, what do you cover and everything like that. And I I think uh, as well, obviously, as someone coming from Ireland, I think there is great, uh, you know, it it makes a lot of sense for people in their area to cover that area as well as the top fights. And obviously, you know, covering Ireland and yourself in in Canada and other, you know, other great journalists coming from Canada as well. We know the the big man himself and James Lynch and uh, Mike Bond is Canadian, isn't he? Mike Bond is Canadian. I'm, I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm calling people Canadian they're not Canadian but look from my side of it he's fight, he knocked out Justin Burlington as you mentioned in his last fight Justin Burlington came back with a fantastic win at Cage Warriors it was actually only announced yesterday that he's going to be fighting Reese McKee for the well right. yesterday uh, last week that he's going to be <laughs> <laughs> fighting Reese McKee for the Cage Warriors title coming up and in his last fight the, the fight after this Burlington you know, got hit, got hurt in that first round, came back and ended up winning the fight. And it, he kind of showed what the kind of a quality fighter is. But 
to beat him, you must be very good. And that's exactly what, what Lenisa done. The one thing I would take away, though, from the contender series, and something I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed it too, and, you know, we'll, uh, this is a talk on my probably going forward because we'll see a lot of contender series fighters. But, you know, I suppose Slava is the most, uh, you know, obvious example you could use here but there are lads coming in the contender series they're beating good people as he did with uh, Christian Duncan and then they come into the UFC and maybe they're flattered to deceive a little bit obviously he got kind of destroyed by Mark Chikese now okay one fight you can't prove uh, you're a great fighter in one fight and you can't prove you're a bad fighter in one <laughs> fight either I suppose but sometimes like I, I feel like for, for a guy especially like Christian Leroy Duncan and maybe even a Burlington as well I don't think that contender series is actually suitable for some people. And I, I actually had a fighter ask me last year, or kind of say to me, oh, um, or it just kind of came up in the conversation, I got an offer for the contender series. And I said to him, don't take it. Uh, do not take it. It's like, you're a good fighter. You're a fighter who's a finisher. And he's very, very one of the top fighters around. I was like, bide your time. Get your title and whatever promotion you're fighting, maybe. Didn't try to get to the UFC. Maybe, maybe even tough. The contender series, you know, you get caught once and you're you're gone, or you have, you know, you get caught in the first round, and then you end up getting winning a decision, and they don't sign you or something. And now it's a little bit different, I think, these days, uh, because you, they seem to be signing everyone. But is the contender series like? Is it a fair gauge of a fighter? Because if it feels like even look tough sometimes. I was, I was talking to Artem the other day, and he was saying about <laughs> he's knocking out Julian Rosa, and he got to the final and tough. So maybe tough isn't uh, the fair gauge as well. But I just feel like the contender series is a very bad gauge of the actual quality of a fighter because it makes fighters fight differently. Don't let's not get into open scoring here as well. But that could be another part <laughs> of this. But what, what have you felt with it? Like it has produced some good fighters. But I feel like it's maybe not the most ideal way to produce those good fighters. I think it can be hit or miss. And I think it, a lot of it comes down to the matchups, right? And and who's paired against whom. Like you mentioned the Slava Borchev, Chris Duncan fight. Each of those guys could have fought someone else and looked great. But they get paired off together. Slava gets a great win. We know the quality of that win because we know the quality of Chris Duncan but he doesn't get the chance to show it. Go back to the Brendan Lochnane, Bill Algio fight, right? Two very good fighters that have proven themselves on the regional circuit. Both clearly are capable of being in the UFC. Why can't they be matched against someone else instead of each other? And then you see other opportunities where there's maybe somebody that, that is facing a lesser opponent and they look, look great in that fight. They graduate up to the UFC and then it becomes clear that they're not quite ready to be here. So I think it's a challenging dynamic. I think it's to me, and I took this approach coming into this year, especially because as you said, last year, it seemed like just about everybody got signed. I wasn't making any determinations on any of the contender series grads this year until I see one or two fights in the UFC, because that week in Las Vegas and that first fight at the apex is very different. And I know that, there are a bunch of people that say, well, it's it's pretty similar, but it it's just not your you are, as you said, kind of fighting differently. You're trying to get that finish. You're maybe pushing a little more. I talked to Ronnie Lawrence before his first couple of UFC fights, and he said he was more stressed out going into his contender series fight because he kind of felt like I have to get a finish in order to get a contract. Now I'm in the UFC. I can go out and win fights. And as long as I win fights. I'm moving forward or I'm still here. And that really changes things. And so I think the bigger takeaway for me lately has been 
see what you see, make an initial read, get an initial feel for somebody. But let's see what happens a couple fights down the road. Let's see when they're in there against somebody that we know a little bit more. There's a guy on this card, Joe Anderson Britu. Same kind of thing, right? Yeah, it was just looked good be- on the con- yeah. looked good on the contender series. Fight ends in a technical decision, whatever, whatever. But going in, his first fight is Bill Algio, as I mentioned. And I said going into that fight, like, okay, let me see what this guy does against somebody whose level I know, somebody who has been, you know, on that tough East Coast regional circuit. He's had a few fights in the UFC, pretty well-rounded guy, and it went the way it went. And now he's getting, you know, thrown back out to the Wolves against Andre Feely. But I think it's sort of a a thing right now, and it's kind of like the Ultimate Fighter was, right? There was a time where people weren't then going on the Ultimate Fighter because they didn't want to be locked into those contracts. They didn't think it was necessarily the best representation of them because of the way those fights are played out and, and sort of set up in the house we see them broadcast week after week but they're only in the house for six weeks and you're fighting two three times in in six weeks or eight weeks and so it's not necessarily conducive to getting the best performances so i think we will continue to see people kind of picking their spots and and people that know they're ready or or believe they're ready and want to get that opportunity will certainly take it but i think as you said we'll see a few more people that say you know what i'm i'm good staying in cage warriors winning the title. I'm good staying in LFA and winning the title, knowing that getting to the top of my promotion is probably going to get me an opportunity as well. hundred percent. I think, you know, I think the, the fact that there isn't much money at the, uh, the entry point to the UFC as well. And people kind of know that these days is probably another reason why that's going to happen more, more regularly, I'd say. But, you know, that's uh, another story we could, we could spend a, a day talking about. You know, you mentioned the, the Brito versus uh, Touchy Feely fight there. I'm very interested to see where Andre Feely is coming into this fight because there was a time there, maybe two or three years ago, I thought, I thought he kind of, he'd hit a point in his career where he was going to take off and, and go to another level. And okay, look, he lost to Sadiq Yusuf and he lost to Michael Johnson kind of in the middle of that run, but the wins over Bermudez, the wins over Jury, the wins over Marais, to me, were, were tremendous wins. And I, I don't know, I still have hope for him. I still have hope in his career, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this fight and seeing if he can if he can bounce back, and maybe it's it's a good matchup there. I would say the same maybe for someone like a Jared Gooden, who is fighting uh, Grant Dawson here. That is... That to me is a very, it's a tough, you know, all American matchup there between these two guys. Like Jared Gooden was talking to him fighting Paddy Pimblett, I think, wasn't there? And a lot of people were kind of saying, Oh, Paddy, that's probably not the best. You know, he beat his teammate Chris Fishgold a couple of uh, a couple of fights ago, you know, after losing to uh, back in 2019 to Charles Oliveira. It's kind of mad where Charles Oliveira has gone from fighting Jared Gordon to, to fighting in the uh, the very top of a card. But Grant Dawson I think this is kind of a little bit of a step up maybe for him in terms of um, his his last few, uh, you know, matchups. Look, Derek Miner is a good fighter. Nad Naramani, a former cage warrior champion, is a good fighter. Julian Arosa is a very good fighter. So maybe maybe it's not necessarily, but there's some fights. He had obviously had the Ricky Glenn fight, which uh, went to a, a draw, didn't it? Yeah. I feel like Grant Dawson, where do you see him in terms of prospects because his record is is unbelievable you know 17 one and one we'd usually be shouting from the rooftops with someone like this guy but maybe because he shows a few flaws maybe because he makes it hard at times is that the reason or is he just not the prospect maybe that that people maybe think 
that's a tough I question, I know, but I know like, one. <laughs> I mean, I think he's kind of plateaued a little bit, or at least that's what it looks like to me. And the reason I think he's paired off with Jared Gordon here is to find out if that's the case, right? The fight with Leo Santos, close fight. He gets the finish at the end, at the very end of the fight, right? He was he was winning that fight, if I recall correctly, but he gets the statement finish over a, a decorated competitor that was on a good winning streak, but is also in his, his late 30s, early 40s at that time. Then he goes out and he has that fight with Ricky Glenn where he wins the first two rounds and then gets 10 aided in the in the second in the third round. And I looked this morning on MMA decision, Sean Sheehan scored that fight correctly as a draw. I'd like to see in the the, the Sean T podcast <laughs> was there nailing the score as always. And so I think you come away from that fight, and that fight came together short. That fight was sort of cobbled together. I think something else fell apart for for Grant Dawson. And so I think you make this fight to figure out where he is and get a sense of, okay, it's been a couple closer fights now that he's stepping up and facing these more experienced guys, two guys that are a little taller for the division, a little longer for the division. Now we get him in there, as you said, against another tough American in in Jared Gordon, who's coming off a good win, right? Who went out last time and beat a similar fighter in Joe Selecki. And so you now kind of want to see, can Grant Dawson get past this point? Is there more to this development? What's, you know, another six months, eight months in the gym with James Krause screaming at him about what to do and not do, do for his development? Because he's still in his 20s, still in his late 20s, still in that kind of start of his athletic prime. And so to me, this is very much about where does he stand now? And is there a future? Or is this kind of where he tops out? And he ends up being a guy that looked great coming up, Still, as you said, a terrific record, a guy that can be very much a part of the ecosystem at at 155, but maybe isn't going to be the contender that people kind of forecasted him to be at one point. Yeah, it's very interesting. I would probably have him as a slide favorite here. I haven't looked at the, the Ben yet. Obviously, I'll do that in the, the betting show this week. But it's a, a very interesting fight. There, you know, there are a few matchups like that. I think there's some good matchmaking on this main card. And I want, want to get to the main event here before we run out of time. But Mershar versus Jotko. You know, that's just an old-fashioned middleweight fight. And, you know, me and I'm not the biggest fan of middleweight. But I'm looking forward to that. Both lads hit hard. Both lads can wrestle. Both lads can, can fight all around. You'd probably say the same about Jay Collier versus Andrei Arlovsky, you know. Andrei Arlovsky been around since God was a boy and he's fighting Jay Collier who is you know maybe he doesn't physically look good like myself and I'm no one to talk but he's done well at heavyweight you know and it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, if he can catch Arlovsky it's very hard to catch Arlovsky it's probably going to be an Arlovsky decision as it always is but the, the two fights I want to talk about Darren Elkins versus Tristan Connolly. I, I'm pretty sure I tweeted they should make this fight three or four times at this stage and obviously the main event. As, you know, a, a proud Canadian again, Tristan Connolly coming in here. He came in against one of my favourite fighters, uh, Michelle Pereira. He's gone against Darren Elkins now, one of my other favourite fighters. It seems like it feels like he's just going for Team Sheehan here and trying to take us all out. But what uh, this, like, I don't know what this is. It's hard to know with Darren Elkins because sometimes Darren gets hit and he gets finished against a, a very, very good fighter. But sometimes he gets hit, and he gets hit, and he gets hit, and next thing you have 20 seconds left, and next thing he's winning, and he's you're, cho- right. you're getting choked out by him. What's the sense? Is, I feel like it's going to be a three-round war between the two. Is What's your sense? I think it is too, but, but part of my question is how much, how telling is that fight against Cubs Swanson for Darren Elkins, right? As you said, a guy that for years and years, 
just hates punishment and still finds a way to keep going and not only keep going, but usually come back and put it on you down the stretch and get a win. We saw it against so many different people, right? Mursad Bektik always jumps to mind where Bektik's beating him senseless for two rounds and then just tires out. And here comes Darren Elkins doing Darren Elkins things. We saw last time out that he got finished and it was the first time in a long time that Darren Elkins has been finished. Now, Cub Swanson is a hell of a striker, clear advantage on the feet, lands a great shot, gets the finish. Is it a one-off or is it the fact that Darren Elkins is 37 years old? He's been in 36 fights. Most of them have been absolute wars and now the miles are starting to add up. I think this is a good fight for him stylistically. Should be a grappling match. Tristan's coming off a long layoff after having neck surgery. So it should be something that plays kind of into the style that Darren Elkins wants to fight. So we'll see that wrestling. We'll see that grappling. So it may not answer the kind of, not is he done, but where is he at in terms of, you know, the downside of the mountain. But I do think we're going to get just in that, like, there's no way that this isn't fun and entertaining and, you know, we'll see if the Canadian boy can take out another member of Team Sheehan. Well, I don't know what Tristan Connolly has done to the UFC matchmakers. I just look at his record there. Michelle Pereira, one of the most deadly strikers in, in the UFC. Pat Sabatini, one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. A really good up-and-comer. And now Darren Elkins, the toughest man to ever live. I don't know what, you know, <laughs> I don't know what he's done to Sean Shelby or McMahon or there, but he's not he's not getting it easy. And, you know, he's doing well, and I'm a big fan of uh, Tristan Connolly as well. He's not too far away from Teen Sheehan himself, so fair play to him. He's doing, doing a great job. Um, let's talk about the main event, Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. And I, I went to watch a good bit of both of these guys last night. And I, I have, until recently, not been the highest in the world on, on Marlon Cheetah and Vera. I, I won't lie. Cheetah Vera. Did I just call him Cheetah? I like that. There's a new nickname I just made up for him. Um, and I, 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 I'm a little bit higher on him than I used to be before. But I just think Rob Font is a different level of fighter. I think he's... I think he's way, way, way better. I, I think he's a better tactician. I think he's a better technician. Um, I he can fight all around. I just think he's more varied with his strikes. Um, Vera's not the best takedown defense in the world. I don't know. Uh, you Maybe you could tell me a better center if you think Font will go for a few takedowns. I, I don't think he will. I think he'd probably try to strike this out in defeat. Uh, the one thing Vera does have is that pace. You know, he comes forward. He makes it tough. He can get hit. He's not afraid to do it. But over five, and you know, over five rounds, that can work. Maybe he could be three rounds down and end up getting a late finish or something like that. I just don't see it. Honestly, I don't see it. Usually I come into matchups and I try to break it down from both sides, as anyone who watches any of these shows uh, knows. But this one, and I'll say this straight out, it's, it's not a bias because of anything. But I have a little bit of a bias against Vera just because I don't think he's as good as other people kind of say he is. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm completely wrong. What, what do you think? What's your take on the, on the main event? So you're not alone in the I'm still not sure about Marlon Vera. And I don't necessarily understand why everybody is so high on him. I think part of it is that he's he's a great dude, right? He's an engaging dude. Everybody loves him. We all know the story about his daughter as he was getting started in the UFC. He's a great developmental story as well. Like came into the UFC, super young, super raw, has put in the work. And so certainly going to root for a guy like that and, and like to see somebody grow into themselves as an athlete, have success. And so 
props to him for getting the work and putting the work in and, and developing to this level. But I'm like you that it's like, okay, great. He's, he's a top 15 guy, but do we really think he's a contender? We're going to find out here because Rob Font is absolutely the level in this division. I've, I've got a note here in my book of is Rob Font kind of the new halfway LS and Sao? Is he the new guy that's maybe just out, just outside of the title picture, but good Lord, is he hard to beat? If you're not one of those guys, like if you're not Jose Aldo, the resurgent Jose Aldo, or one of these guys that's ready to challenge for the title, TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen, Piotr Jan, you're probably not getting by Rob Font. And if you do, then you're in that group. And I think that's what we'll find out here. Because as you said, Marlon Vera, we've seen him have success. And I hate doing the revisionist thing. I, I don't mean it as a like taking away from his performance. But are we putting too much on beating Frankie Edgar at this stage? No. I love Davy Grant as much as the next guy and probably as that, much that as... That was his best win, I think. I think that's a good win. Right? Like, that's a, that's a great win. But where's Davy Grant fit in the division? And so let's see, right? He, Marlon and, and people that support Marlon and, and root for Marlon, I'll tell you that he beat Song Yudong. Sure, close fight. That gives you a measure of the level. But Song Yudong isn't in that top 10 space yet. And so this to me is, is the fight we've kind of needed to see for a couple of years for Marlon Vera. And this is the one where he needs to go out. The last couple of times that he's had these opportunities, he's kind of fumbled the bag, right? He had the fight with Song Yudong. Whatever way you scored it, it was a close fight. Absolute worst case, it's a super close fight. He has the fight with Jose Aldo. He is in control and he makes a stupid mistake to start the third round. Rushes out, poor IQ, gets clinched, gets taken down, fight's over. And so now we need to see, can he correct those things? Has he taken that step forward? Can he go out and beat a guy that we know is just just top quality in this division? Yeah, I find it very hard to see... A guy who I think is so much technically better and so far further ahead to get beaten by a guy who's so much behind. But, 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 we just talked about Darren Elkins, <laughs> you know, what he can do. Now, I do, I, I actually, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight, Darren Elkins against, uh, against Chino Vera, fuck away class. But, um, I... I don't think he is that either. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just very I'm very sometimes I see a fighter and I'm just I don't like their style and I'm very negative on him. And I like I it's not necessarily just his style, but it's I, I think you need to have a little bit more kind of a class in, in terms of your striking your if you're to fight his style very well and I, I think it's all bluster and I think someone like um, Font, who has a very good camp and who can, you know, I'm sure he can get three or four lads to do exactly what Vera does in training camp and not be kind of cut off by it or not, you know, some people you know, McGregor is, is an example of it who he, and he's even said it himself, you know you fight a pressure fighter and next thing you wilt because you've never, you've never met that before you know, I'm sure it's something Font has met before, even watching some of his fights is something he's met before, and I'm sure it's something he will uh, be able to deal with pretty well. But I'm looking forward to that anyway, and it should be fun. Uh, and before we go, I'm mean, actually who are you betting with? Um, 
who are you betting on even at UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera can Vera beat the odds and defeat Fonders Font winning by TKO a given get your bets on this weekend at betus.com use that code SHARDOG to get 125% bonus betus.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years and there's a reason it's the number one UFC sportsbook with more betting options live betting at games betus.com is your new home for UFC betting start the fight at betus.com use the code SHARDOG Spencer, thank you very much uh, for joining me. I really appreciate it. This was fun. I'm looking forward to the card even more now uh, than, than I was uh, before we started. Or m- not even more. It's probably the wrong phrase. More than, than, than I started. And uh, if people aren't following you, tell the people where to follow you. Tell the people where to get your sub stack and everything like that. So the easiest thing to do is just follow me on Twitter at Spencer Kite, S-P-E-N-C-E-R-K-Y-T-E. Um, I shamelessly promote everything that I that I put out. And so it's the easiest way to get it. The Substack is spencerkite.substack.com. The keyboard Kamara newsletter, try to write it every day, some different stuff. There's now podcasts, shout out to Sub- Substack, giving me the opportunity to make quick, easy podcasts where I just rant about things. Um, and as always, it's it's a pleasure. It's a joy to be on here with you and, and to be on this platform, you know, that's been around forever. This is, this is one of those things that's a moment for me, right? I've been doing this for a long, long time and I get to cross on sure dog with my guy shawnee t podcasts and it won't, off the list. It, it won't be the last time because you're the best in the business of breaking down these cards and i uh i hope to have you on again i'm i'm waiting for that invite to the podcast is on the spencer Vicar. Where, where's my invite where's my invite to the podcast Come on. so far it's just it's just solo but I'll, I'll get the listen we've had conversations about you're gonna have to teach me how yeah, to podcast properly. i'm recorded and i'll, I'll, I'll get the equipment <laughs> and then we'll put her on <laughs> we'll get it out there for sure spencer thank you very much thanks everybody for listening i am sean sheehan for sure and i'll see you all next time.